0: Good morning. Happy Father's Day. It is a pleasure to be here this morning to worship God together with you all and to have this opportunity to study a portion of God's word with you this morning. As we celebrate fathers today, I wanted to study a topic that I believe is vitally important to the relationship between a father and their children, and that's the topic of obedience. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You see, there is an arrangement commanded here between children and their parents. Children are to obey their parents. And parents are to be just and fair in their discipline. The purpose of this arrangement is to raise godly children and turn them into godly adults and to demonstrate the obedient relationship that we are supposed to have with our Heavenly Father. You see, children are not really the target audience for our study this morning. The question that I really want to ask is what kind of child... Are you? In Matthew chapter 21, we read about two children and how they were, uh, how they dealt with obedience. Yes, Jesus asked, "What do you think?" A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, "Son, go and work in the vineyard today." And he answered, "I will not." But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, "I go, sir," but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said. The first. See, the question I want to ask us all today, and that we need to answer for ourselves what kind of child are you to our Heavenly Father? Are you obedient? Are you an obedient child that does the will of the Father even when you don't want to? Even if it doesn't feel good? Even if it's not fun? Even if we don't agree or don't understand? Or are you disobedient, making empty promises? but never actually doing anything for God or his kingdom. We see in 2 Timothy several obstacles that get in the way of our obedience. Verses 2 and then picking up in verses 5 and 7, it says, For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. There are a lot of obstacles here, a lot of obstacles that get in our way of being obedient every single day. But I want to focus on two of them that I really think encompass the rest, and that's selfishness and pride. You see our pride can tell us that knowledge and understanding are more important than obedience. But we're we are warned here to avoid these kinds of people, the kind of people that seek learning at the cost of understanding the truth. See pride gets our priorities mixed up. It gets them reversed. It says our pride says that I have to understand or I have to agree before I can obey. But the Bible tells us that we are to obey first and then seek understanding. Now, knowledge and understanding of God's word are vitally important to a Christian. You know, don't get me wrong. It's what we need in order to fight against the devil and to lead others to Christ. But it's not more important than obedience. See, parents don't need their children to agree that the stove is hot when they say, Don't touch that! They need the child to obey and to listen and to refrain from touching the hot stove. If the child is disobedient and touches it anyway, it's going to suffer the consequences and it's going to get burned. we read some more about selfishness and pride in Romans uh, 2, verse 8 through 9. But for these who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first and also to the creek. And also in James chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he he will flee from you. Like pride, selfishness tells us that we only have to do things that we want to do. We only have to do the things that feel good or the things that are fun. And pride tells us that we don't have to do it unless we agree. Um, or if we're going to do it, we're going to do it our way. That's what pride tells us. But humility acknowledges that we are sinful creatures and that we need the strength from God to resist the devil. Submission is obeying the commandments of God and living according to his will, even if we don't want to, even if we don't agree or don't understand. See, God promises us blessings to those that obey his will. In Matthew chapter 7, uh, we read a parable of two individuals. In verses 24 through 25, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it was founded on the rock. You see, God never promised that storms are not going to come. We're going to be buffeted by these storms. The winds and rains are going to hit us. But if we hear his word and obey his commands, we will be blessed with the strength to endure that storm and to persevere through the trials and tribulations. The 128th Psalm says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in his ways. Everyone who fears or believes in the Lord, walks in his ways, obeys the commands of the Lord. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, where Jesus is teaching us the type of people that we are to be as Christians in this world. He says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely in my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Persecution is going to come. Trials and tribulations are going to come. But we will be rewarded far beyond what we can even comprehend if we continue to obey the Lord through the persecution, through the trials and tribulations, and through the storms that Satan throws at us. God has not promised us a perfect life here on this world. The blessings that he's promised us is a perfect eternity if we walk in his ways. We see the flip side to this coin in the rest of the parable in in Matthew chapter seven, picking up in verses 26 to 27, says everyone who hears these words of mine and and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. See, just like this fool here in this parable, if we hear the word of the Lord and choose to be disobedient to it, then we have no foundation, we have no strength, and we will be washed away and destroyed by the storms that are thrown our way. The same way that God promises a blessing. To those that obey him, he promises a curse to those that disobey. And we read more about this punishment in Hebrews chapter 10. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment, a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I don't know about you, but that paints a pretty vivid picture to me of what we can expect if we are disobedient to the will of God. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Galatians 6, 7-8. through 8, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows is to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. See, life is full of choices. We choose to obey Or disobey that's up to each and every one of us to make that choice every single day but no matter what we are going to suffer the consequences for those decisions when children are continuously disobedient to their parents is that pleasing to the parents or is that beneficial to anyone in any way usually it means they're being destructive dangerous and they're gonna hurt themselves or someone else they're di- or they're disruptive, and if there's no consequences for those actions, it encourages them to keep doing whatever they want to do without any kind of fear of punishment. But our heavenly Father, he will not tolerate disobedience. We will reap what we sow, and we will be paid in the wages that we deserve. We're going to get paid what we earn. We choose between that punishment or that reward based on our actions. The last thing that I want to look at this morning before we conclude are several examples from the Bible and individuals and how they dealt with obedience. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, we read about King Saul and how his pride and his selfishness ultimately lost him, the kingship of Israel, as punishment for his actions and his disobedience. It says in chapter 18, or in verses verses 18 through 22, Samuel talking to King Saul here says, The Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go, devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the best of things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord. And Samuel said, Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice. See, Saul was given this mission by God with specific instructions on how to carry it out and what exactly he was supposed to do. And that command was to leave nothing alive, including the king, including all of those animals that he claimed they were going to sacrifice. Now, he justified his actions by blaming the people and saying that these spoils were to be a sacrifice to the Lord. But Samuel reminds him that to obey is better than to sacrifice. You see, King Saul's pride told him that, yeah, I'm going to do what God said, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to leave the king alive, and I'm going to keep these animals to make a sacrifice, if that was truly the the intention there. And even when blaming the people, he's the king. He has the power and authority to say, no, that's not what's going to happen. We're going to devote everything to destruction according to the word of the Lord. But he didn't do that. He was selfish, and he bowed to the will of the people to stay on their good side rather than staying on God's. And his pride told him, I can do it my way and get away with it because I have a better idea. It'll be better if we keep these animals and make that sacrifice. But ultimately, this pride, this selfishness, and this disobedience lost him and his whole line, the kingship of Israel, as punishment for his disobedience. See, we do the same thing in our lives as King Saul here. We make justifications and excuses for our actions and for our disobedience. But God sees straight through the lies that we tell ourselves. And he reveals the selfishness and pride that really motivates our actions. Even with the best of intentions, God wants our obedience more than our sacrifices. Next, I want to look at the example of Abraham and his obedience and what drove him to do what he did. In Genesis chapter 22, it tells us that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and offer him and offer him there as a burnt offering. So Abraham rose early in the morning, arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Without hesitation, without back-talking, without any argument, Abraham obeyed the command from the Lord. Even to the point that he was ready and willing to sacrifice his only son. He said immediately, he got up, he got up early the next morning, he saddled his donkey, he got his, his people there that were going to help him make the sacrifice, and he brought the sacrifice. His son Isaac. And continuing in verses 4 through 5, we see why. We see why Abraham was willing to, to be this obedient to the Lord. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. See, Abraham had faith and trust in God. And he knew that God would fulfill his promises through the seed of Isaac to bless all of the nations. He had the ultimate faith and trust in God that he knew and he believed that he and his son would return. Whether that meant that Isaac would be spared or Isaac would be raised from the dead, Abraham didn't know. He didn't need to know God's plan. He trusted God's word and he believed in the commandments of the Lord so that he would walk in his ways. And the rest of the story, as they're walking up to that mountain, they're getting closer and closer. Isaac's looking around and he says, Dad, I don't see a goat or a sheep or a dove or anything for the sacrifice. You know, what's what's the plan here? And Abraham tells him that the Lord will provide. Isaac didn't know. Maybe he started to suspect at this point that, that he was the sacrifice. I don't know. He probably really started to figure out once Abraham laid him on the altar, raised a knife, and was getting ready to stab him to death. But as he was coming down to plunge that knife, God stopped his hand. And God said, you've passed the test. See, Abraham didn't withhold his son from God. And it shows us that God was willing and did send his son to die for us. And God did provide a sacrifice that day. When he, stopped Isaac, he stops Abraham from killing Isaac, he provided a ram to replace Isaac on that sacrifice. And that's a, a shadow and a type of, of Jesus coming down and saving us. And of course, the perfect example of perfect submission, perfect faith, and perfect obedience is our Savior, Jesus Christ. We read in Matthew chapter 26, Then he said to them, his disciples, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but as you will. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus did the will of his Father even when he didn't want to. He was sweating drops of blood from the stress that he was under, from the sorrow that he had. For what he was about to do. He knew the pain. He knew the suffering. He knew the ridicule that was coming for him. But he obeyed the Father anyway. In the face of that tribulation. He could have called 10,000 angels to save him from this fate. But he humbled himself and was obedient to the point of death. Even a death on the cross. Romans 5, 19 tells us, For by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Because of Jesus' obedience, we have a chance and an opportunity to follow in his steps, follow in his pattern of obedience in order to get to heaven ourselves. We see in Hebrews chapter 5, that In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. When Jesus was on this earth, when he was flesh and blood like you and me, he didn't want to die. He didn't want to be crucified. That wasn't a fun idea to him. He did it, because He loves us, and because He is obedient to His Father. And if there was another way, He might have taken it, but since there wasn't, He submitted to His Father and did His will, even dying on the cross for our sins. So we have a choice. All of us have a choice to be obedient or to be disobedient. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 says you shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge his statutes his rules and his commandments always and consider today since i am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it consider the discipline of the Lord your God his greatness his mighty hand and his outstretched arm picking up in verse 26 see i am setting therefore i am setting before you today a blessing and a curse a choice The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord, and a curse, if you do not obey. See, we all have to make that choice for ourselves, whether we're going to be obedient or disobedient. But we don't have to understand. We don't have to agree. We just have to trust that the Lord, we just have to trust in the Lord and follow his commands. Let us commit ourselves to obeying the Lord so that we can experience the blessings that he's promised us, the strength to endure temptation and trials and tribulations, and the blessing of the chance of eternal life, a perfect eternal life with him forever. Or we can choose to be disobedient and we can incur the punishment that we truly deserve. So the decision is yours. Obey the Lord and become a slave of righteousness, or reject his word and reap the wages of sin, which is death. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness? If you need to dedicate yourself to the Lord today and repent of your disobedience, we have an opportunity here to pray with you, pray for you, or baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost for the remission of your sins. In either case, please come forward and have a seat on the front row as we stand and sing the song of invitation.